Missy, what the fuck? What the fuck was this? What the fuck was this, Missy? We are now entering another dimension. We are taking a cruise this summer. A summer cruise into the Tom Triangle. Three movies where we are learning about the appeal and pull and dangerous disaster that is Tom Cruise. I am your host, Missy Information here, and we will be having fun with our guide, Alice. Alice, we had to watch our first Tom Cruise film, one of three, here. I, I would not have picked this one. I would not have picked this one. No, uh, this is not one that I picked either. This is one our guest picked, and we will get to them in a second. Um, yeah. But yes, the uh, this will be our trifecta of Tom Cruise films. The reason we are doing this in general is uh, my general disdain for Tom Cruise. And so this is me being caught in a trap, much like being caught in the Bermuda Triangle. I am a ship, a wreck in the Tom Cruise, um, cruise, uh, or excuse me, the Tom Triangle. And so here we are, our first one. And let me tell you, I feel like I am adrift, ran aground. I am sinking. This is SOS. The one thing I will say is it's only up from here. It's only up from here. Only this up is I hated this movie so much. I was so annoyed throughout this film. I love the music of the 80s, um, especially this era. And I think that's the reason why, because I liked it so much, that I, that I had such a hard time connecting with this. But before we besmirch it too much and we, we, uh, we rain on its parade, we have to introduce our guests who is chomping at the bit to defend this film. I very much am. I really am. I love this movie. I I get why other people don't, but I do. And that is our guest, Aaron Scholtek. Aaron, thank you so much for coming on to Not A Hate Watch. Thank you you for having me, really. It is an honor and a pleasure. It really is. Thank you. As soon as I told you I had never seen this film, and the impetus of this being, Aaron was one of my um, disciples who I taught the good book of the apple. This actually, I see a lot of parallels from that film to this film. Yes. So, yeah. And so um, we were watching it and afterwards he mentioned other movie musicals and stuff and said, yeah. had I seen Rock of Ages? And yes. I said, no, I had not. So he said, oh, I love Rock of Ages. I it's really great. Am. We it got to really watch is. it. I got to put it on here. And then Alice, you made the fatal mistake of saying we should do a series of Tom Cruise films. And I said, wow. Yeah, I did. I did say like that. Like a fool. Like I, a fool. I, I made that bed. I, I saw something line up and I said, well, I have someone who wants to talk of Rock of Ages. And I have someone who wants me to see Tom Cruise films. Surely these There's two a... paths shall meet for a glorious uh, thing. But no, we are off to a rocky start. A rock and rolly start. Hey, so Aaron, um, we, we will give you the floor as much we do with sure. our guests who um, love the thing that, that when Alice and I come to a mutual consensus of not being mm-hmm. on the same page of, what is it about Rock of Ages do you love about the movie and also the musical, both of which I you have, have seen. I have seen and I do really enjoy. Um, so I think to tell this story correctly, um, where this movie reached me, the time in my life that I was at, where this movie was like, you know, presented to me, you know what I'm saying? Um, 
had a friend of mine, and this is going to be, it's a little bit of a sad story, but, you know, it, it gets happy and it has, it's a good ending. You know what I'm saying? Um, my, a good friend of mine who I used to take the bus every day to school with, you know, um, walked home every single day after school together, you know what I'm saying? Like, was a really, really good friend of mine, you know what I'm saying? And unfortunately, he uh, ended up taking his own life on my birthday, unfortunately, you know? Um, and then this this film came out a little bit after that happened, and uh, so I was basically just staying in my basement, smoking a lot of pot, getting really high, and uh, just like Tron was a good movie that I really liked, the shitty remake with Jeff Bridges, I actually really liked that one, and so I was just basically getting really stoned and watching crappy movies and really enjoying them, you know what I'm saying? And so this was one of the films that when I was in my basement uh, just getting really, really high that I just really enjoyed because of the colors, the costumes, not so much the dialogue, but, you know, so. Oh, I just oh, got the, blissed the, out and fucking enjoyed it, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, and it, it almost like it, I hate to say it because it sounds like kind of stupid now, but it's almost like I got, went into a time machine and got transported back to the Sunset Strip you know, in the time and place that this movie was getting filmed in. So I just really lost myself in it. And still to this day, I fucking enjoy it, man. You know? Yeah, that's 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 really sweet. And I'm yeah. sorry that I want to now still spend the rest of the episode shitting on this movie. I definitely understand, like, getting attached to something. Um, I, I, I can see how someone would love this movie. I really can't. I see. I see it, it like very clearly. Like like it it has the structure of a of a Broadway musical. I bet on 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 as a Broadway musical or as a mu as a staged musical, it is a hoot and people people have fun. Yeah. I could see that. Yeah. I think moving that into the movie format just didn't work for me in a lot of ways. That I think yeah. we're gonna talk about. But um, I get it. And and thank you so much for sharing all of that. But also. Absolutely. Let, let's dig in, I guess. Yes. Yeah, there's not a lot of, like, very deep characters in there, and I do really recognize that, but also I kind of think of that as, like, the music of the time itself. It wasn't very, like, you know, a lot of music that they use in this movie is not very, like, introspective. You know what I'm saying? It's not like we're talking yeah. about, like, Mumford & Sons or something here. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're talking about, like, hair metal. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. hair metal power ballads, yeah. I, I actually didn't recognize a lot of the songs. I'd say I only recognized about 40% of the songs, especially in the really? beginning. Yeah. I recognized probably 90% of the songs. I knew almost every single one of them. And the only and there were some that I I knew, but I realized as they were singing it, I didn't just didn't know them as well as I thought I did. Mm. Um, but I still knew what they were. Um, and the problem for me, having watched this, is because I do know all these songs, I was like, oh, oh okay. This makes me want to listen to these songs again, like mm. the people who made them, not um, theater kids doing their darndest at karaoke night. Uh, that was just not the vibe that I was looking for from from these songs. But but also, um, it's interesting hearing all the rock songs sung with no grit and all just like yeah, super just this glossy like Broadway Disney honesty, yeah. Yeah, I literally said earlier, like, uh, when I was watching it, I was talking with um, with uh, Alex about it, my husband, and he said, I, I made mention that it was very much like Disney, like Disney pop star kid vocals, like very much clean. And for me, that again, just played against it was, but, but mm -hmm. let's, 
So let's let's get into it because this film opens with both a diegetic performance and a not diegetic performance in that we start to hear Paradise City, I believe, just by Guns N' Roses, which then bleeds into Tom Julian. Cruise oh, oh, okay. performing Paradise City, which then made me go, okay, so we're going to be having maybe a little bit of both of this. Um, Again, me looking at it through stone-colored lenses. I really thought Tom Cruise could sing. I'm like, oh, wow, he has actually not that knowing that there's probably a whole... Uh, sound production behind him that is making him sound like okay, you know what I'm saying? He, like, yeah, he can sing, but he can sing like again, a theater kid expressing their heart out. Uh, this film does nothing to help Tom Cruise's sexuality rumors. That is so that true. There. It, 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 it's honestly the opposite. It, it felt yeah. like they were they were really overcompensating for something in a lot of those scenes with Malin Ackerman. It felt like when I was watching a Broadway production and I'm like, oh, the actor in real life is gay and they're playing a straight person. See, I, yes. This is a gay person playing what a straight person is playing. It, I know because I've seen enough of them in fucking Broadway shows and I have been them. Yeah, yeah. In my head when I was watching it the first time, I felt like he was like aware of all of that and was just kind of doing that in a kind of like a Fuck you, way. And you know ironically, what I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's yeah. nothing I want without his performance because it's so muted. Like, Everything I, about I, I will say, of the things in this movie, the Tom Cruise character kind of worked the best for me. Like, oh, I God, did, like don't get no. me wrong. Don't get me wrong. Like, listen, listen, listen. Okay, I'm listening. Specifically, specifically, not not his whole like, oh, I'm tortured. Everyone puts their thing on me. I I kind of just. I, I kind of felt like he was vibing in the like the back half of the movie, especially. Um, I I got more on his wavelength than anyone else's. His character development uh. in this movie is actually really interesting because by the end he's like, no, I'm the good guy now. I'm gonna like you know do right by like starting a family and all of this. By not fucking like... our character that we want to be with the other person. Yeah, yeah. Shows it's funny how that, yeah. Because yeah. she says we don't want this, do they? Uh, but that's where that's getting to the end. We can't get that far. Uh, uh, yep. Okay. So, so you can get seen by scene. Paradise yep. City is our opening number. Alice, what did you think when the credits were rolling and we saw big old names and that song is our opener? I mean, I mean, that's I, I, I didn't to be to be clear. I knew that this was a musical where they sing like popular rock songs. That was about all I knew about it. Um, and so like this was perfectly like okay, yeah, no, this makes hundred percent sense. Paradise City, that makes sense. Um. It was after they got. It was after the main character. One of the main characters got off the bus is where I really started having problems. But this was this was okay. Oh, you started having problems after they got on the bus. I she's started a having problems. She's girl that she's I, finally moving to Hollywood. I started like, having on. problems when everyone else on the bus started joining her in songs, including the little girl, the little girl who turned around and sang right to uh, to uh, uh, Julianne Hugh. Um, I, I was but, like, okay, so some of the music in this is not within the world of it. We had Guns N' Roses playing to begin with, actual Guns N' Roses. Now we have her singing, and everyone else around her is joining in her song. And so I'm like, that's fine. This is a musical. This it's is what happens. It's supposed to be like a music video. I mean, like I half it. of it is supposed to be like an 80s music video. You know what I'm saying? And so, but anyway. Have you, okay, have you have you ever watched the show um, Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist? No. D no. Don't. You will not like it. But it's very similar to this, where the character experiences her thoughts in 
other people singing. I guess it's kind of like Crazy Ex-Girlfriend too, oh, like in that regard, where it's like the character, like the character experiences other people singing around her, even though it, you yeah. know we know it's a delusion. Um, yeah, and so and so that didn't bother me because that is a, a trope of like the the the, the filmed musical. Well, oh, you know exactly. I knew that it just was one of those things where for me it was reminding myself that oh yes, I'm gonna have moments of this film where I'm interrupted by multiple people stopping and singing for the sake of because a song happens here. Yep. Essentially, yeah. I'm watching a musical. Yes. So when they get off the bus, Alice, let's yeah. get into it. What What was the first point that you went, okay, no. She get, she gets off the bus at Hollywood, or uh, sorry, at Sunset and Vine in front of the Capitol Records building in the middle, in the middle of Hollywood. One, no bus would ever fucking stop. <laughs> Two, the... That's that's not actually the Sunset Strip. The Sunset Strip is like two miles west of there. So I don't know if she just like then walked two miles to where the Sunset Strip starts. Also, the Sunset Strip is like, it's barely a tourist area. There's nothing there. Like, if you come to Los Angeles, do not go there. It's not worth seeing. But well, like back in the 80s or whenever this film was supposed to take place, wasn't that like a big destination? That well, so there was this mystique about it because of things like, like, I think, like music magazines and such. I don't think it was ever like, I think there was a small subset of people who, who lived in that world and lived in that. But like, oh. if you wanted to know what the equivalent of that today would be, it would be like, it would be like West Hollywood or it would be Silver Lake. It would be other parts of the city. It wouldn't be the sun that strip yeah i had to keep reminding myself this was actually set in the 80s and it wasn't just like musical theater version of us dressing in the 80s but like with a modern spin on it you you can tell from all of the tower records yeah (laughs) um and so we go from sister christian to just like paradise and nothing but a good time on the sunset strip and so we are singing this entire time we get introduced to um our uh, other love interest the names of and we should go and say that the names of our two love interests here are sherry and drew oh yeah. sherry and drew yeah, yeah. is that a reference to something no yeah i don't think so. um and they run into the club that is run by alec baldwin's character dennis dupree Fuck. oh yeah and by lonnie barnett played by russell, russell brand. brand yes i, I saw a fucking Alec Baldwin come out and I I I really wanted to stop the movie. I've I never was, I've never rage quit something that I've watched for this show, but this is the closest I've been. Fuck I that was man. Not happy. I was not happy about uh like about yeah. his presence in here. And also Oh yeah, because the, the fact thing. that fuck I forgot about also that. the fact that he and Russell Brand, spoiler alert, play two two queer individuals that end up that was so bad there is no couple i think more disgusting than alec baldwin and russell brand sweatily getting together uh this movie was a laundry list of people who should have stayed in in 2011 like honest to god there was fucking like fucking tj miller is playing the rolling stone editor at the end of the movie oh my god that's fucking tj i I was like is that tj miller without a beard joking yourself haha and then i rest no wait that literally is tj miller without his beard oh just when i thought this movie couldn't get any cooler oh no oh no i don't think he knows about people being canceled okay yeah (laughs) Wait, what happened to T.J. Miller? What did he do? Uh, he's a he's a he's a he's a sexual pervert or a creep. He's a creep. Damn it. Yeah, 
Nazi. God damn it, I like it. It was it's it's, it's been it, like it has now gone public, but it was an open secret in Los Angeles for a while. Like the Los yeah. Angeles community stuff. Kind of like the Justin the comedy stuff, yeah. stuff that's been going around Bruh. as well. Yeah. Now that anyway. Um, but yes, yeah, so we get introduced to the nightclub where, of course, the small town girl is being there. And um, the, Drew... The, so, so hold on, hold on. It's the bourbon, which I think is a, is fashioned after the Whiskey Go-Go, which is a real place. I've never been there. I don't know. Again, I've heard about it because it's famous because people talk about it. Um, uh, and um, <sighs> there's this bit where Alec Baldwin is like, let me guess, you're a singer. And Drew and... Sherry have agreed to say, he's basically like, don't mention that you're a singer. So he's like, no, she's not a singer. Uh, and he's like, you're from a small town, and you sang in the high school choir, and you, uh, your grand, your aunt, um, like, whatever, said that you uh, were really good and talented, and you should move out to L.A. And she said, and he's like, is that right? She said, well, it was my Aunt Doris, but yeah, all that try. And so, okay, so it's like instantly we are playing the fact that. Well, no, and doesn't he get the town wrong? Is... He's like, oh, you're from Kansas, or you're from like Idaho, or something. And she's like, no, actually, I'm from Kansas. No, it's just he just corrects the um uh he just corrects the uh the aunt part for or okay. she corrects the aunt okay. part for it. Gotcha. Um, which again is like uh, these are the this thing is full of jokes. What I call um theater jokes. Which are, yeah, yeah. If you were in a theater full of people, would get tittering laughs and like a nice mm -hmm. response. Mm. But when I'm watching Malone and myself, are just the corniest fucking thing to see. Yeah, people. yeah. Who people who in especially in film are acting more serious and not at a heightened reality where musical theater people are performing, which honestly is mm -hmm. what you need to pull yeah. all this off. Like everyone in this film is so grounded that it just like lets you be obvious the absurdity of some of the things that are happening here because they're playing it so serious. We're like, well, if I have to take everything here seriously, this film is absurd. Like all these different things that are playing out on here together. Um, yeah. so they um, actually, so, so I have a thought about that, which is that made me appreciate in hindsight, Chicago more because in yeah. Chicago, they don't give it this facade of realism. They, they abstract it. Like, like obviously the, some of the scenes take place in the cabaret club, but even like the stuff in, in, in like jail and stuff, those scenes are, are staged like they are a, a Broadway production and not uh, attempting to get like real world verisimilitude. And so I think that, that made that kind of click for me seeing it not work in this movie. Yeah. Um, okay. So Aaron, yes. movie's opening. You see this, that she's pulling in on the bus. We're in LA. They're in the club. She, her, her, her records get stolen. She meets him at, she right. meets him right immediately out in front of. Which is funny because the guy that plays Diego or not, um, the guy that plays the love interest, the main dude, um, it was the, one of the only actors that like never really had a career or did anything yeah. after this movie. And honestly, like going back and rewatching it a couple times, like was not really feeling old boy's character. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, when you're growing up and you're like his age and you're like, oh yeah, that guy's cool. I want to be like that guy. You know what I'm saying? Like in your yeah. your, your youth and your you know, I mean, innocence. But he's... like, you know, once you actually grow up and you're like, no, that guy's a, a he's a shitty actor. B he's kind of just like a shitty dude. Like, yeah. And the character the character's also a doormat. Like the character yeah. lets yeah, lets room. lets everyone walk all over him and do, and and reshape him. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, seriously. Well, and then Paul Giamatti. Holy shit. Paul oh, my Giamatti. God. We can't get him yet. Giamatti. We can't get Paul into Paul Giamatti yet. We just can't. Why did they call him Paul Gill? 
What was this like a joke? Yeah, was that? Shorting? I literally like, have. I I, I, I assumed that was from the musical because of like. Oh, it had like, to be. But then well, they. But isn't there like? Isn't there like Vince Gill? Isn't he one? Isn't he in a band? Um. I feel like there's a hair metal guy named Gill. I mean, Vince Gill is a country music singer, but I don't know what I was thinking of. But I I thought I thought a lot of the names were going to be references to like bands and stuff but no, there actually but wasn't that much thought. of that mm -mm. we also should establish this is where um the idea of stacy jacks and um i forget what the band's name is um something with an a aneurysm arsenal arsenal yes so 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 one of the reasons why it's this club is famous is that arsenal who's this big like i guess guns and roses style band got their start at a releasing a live record like live at the whiskey room or live at the bourbon room which is which is which is again fairly common you've got like you know cheap chick live at budokan and stuff and so like that, that they established that and then that's where tom cruise gets introduced and this is doing one of those things where in films like this it it doesn't 100 percent bother me but it does which is when you are making fictional versions of things that live alongside real life versions of those things so like they're getting interviewed by a Rolling Stones reporter. It's not like, you know, um, you know, a Little Rock magazine or whatever. And it's like, you know, oh, we understand it's supposed to be Rolling Stone, just like we understand that Arsenal is supposed to be, you know, a, you know XYZ type of band. But when they are singing songs from bands that exist, it makes me question, yeah. do those bands exist within, like, Journey exists? Because yes. they wrote a journey song in this, right? Right. I think I think that selectively, some of the songs, the ones that are are written by like like Arsenal or written by the, the the journey song, are are meant to not exist. But all the other bands, I guess, are supposed to exist. And I think like this is where you can't really pay too much attention to because I'm pretty sure the logic will fall oh, apart. Yeah. Like you know, X band wouldn't exist without Journey, and so like, how does this work? Um, they also they also had so also note the um. The the albums that the lady had when she got off the bus that got stolen those were all real records and uh they were on a bunch of on a bunch of the signs on that they show on the Sunset Strip when they're doing like establishing shots there were other like marquees with bands and I wrote down Bad Religion because Bad Religion was listed yeah. as one of the bands. yeah exactly it's um and for me there's also a moment where you know there is a, a moment where they sing like. Through the different characters, it's a multiple character thing any way you want it, which is also a journey song. So, like, we have two journey songs yep. that cannot exist as popular music songs within the world here because one of them is written by the characters and the other one, everyone is apparently randomly all singing at the same time. But no one is acknowledging it, 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 the song well, that so exists. Well, it was, was is it meant to be that the two main characters are supposed to be like they the band they form is Journey? Is I, that, what, I, is that no. the, the message? His band name, his band's name was Von Colt. Yeah, I, I, I know, I know that, but, but, but I'm saying like that they, you know, no, I thought that was maybe what they were trying to say. I don't think this is a yesterday-like situation where someone has access right. to the catalog and spirit of Journey and all their catalog. I think this is just the. I, I think it's because Glee was popular. Don't Stop Believing. Someone said, hey, let's just do a musical based around Don't Stop Believing. Let's get a bunch of other 80s songs. Mamma Mia, it's a big hit. We can just ape that. 
We're yeah. just going to shove all these songs together. And it was a hit. And then they did a movie version of it. And they didn't think anything further than that. I literally think it's just sort of like that simple. Also, you're missing basic fact yeah. of like, can you not have an 80s hair metal movie without Journey songs? Like, you can't not do that, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, well, Don't Stop Believing is arguably the best one of those songs of the yes. genre. Exactly. Overplayed, okay. but best. Um, but, 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 but again... As as a staged musical, I would have bought this yeah. so hard. As a movie, it just yes, fell it apart for me. I don't know. This what, I think is the entire conceit, and a lot of my issue uh, we had with Chicago. There were moments where I was watching it, and I'm like, it's the fatal mistake that they make for musicals, where they just basically do the stuff that they would do on stage, but in the movie. And, and there were beats, and there were that, moments, like, yeah, and there yeah. were things where it was just like you can tell the cadence and beat were things that were time theater and they just did it in the set, which don't work again when you're sitting there by yourself and you're not like, ha ha ha. You're just like, and, and well, you know that happened. Interesting. A lot of the good jokes that were in the musical, they did not use like, totally okay. So like which ones? So one of my favorites, this really popped me and my dad of when they're like, you first get into the, like, you know, the, the, uh, 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 the, the venue of where they hold all the shows and stuff. And then the bourbon. Yeah. 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 And then you meet the manager and then you meet the, the guy that, uh, Russell Brand's supposed to be playing. I'm telling you, the actors are actually way better in the off Broadway version that I saw. There is this really great oh, sure. line where, um, the bar back who's supposed to be played by Russell Brand in the movie goes, I'm telling you, man, we got to bring back naked jello wrestling Thursdays. But get this, this time we let women enter. See, that's a that's a joke. That's a, that's yeah. a great yeah. joke. That's and a joke. I didn't make exactly. it to the movie. I'm well, like, and, 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 it, and it would lampshade it would lampshade all the queer stuff that came up later and not yeah. feel like it was like I thought I thought it was like I thought it was um gay panic shit, and then when they actually committed to making them gay, I was like, Okay, well that's a that's the well, tiniest that's bit in, better, but in the in the show they, they end up together, I do believe. Well, and it's weird because yeah. there's that opening moment where Alec Baldwin's character doesn't recognize the two, either either like a uh, new wave. Or oh, the, tra- the transphobic or... joke, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And it was yeah, just sort yeah. of like he couldn't tell, and then they like they just well, don't... and it's not even just that that's the beat. They then have lean and have another moment or two where they talk about it, and it's like, yeah, we fucking get. It. And I'm like, again. This would be like an audience full of white theater goers who can afford tickets to go to Broadway. It would be tee hee hee then, because, you know, again, we can laugh about men dressed as women. That's, you know, that's something to be, you know, derisive about. Um, and yeah. so, uh, yeah, I got that, but it was, it, it just was so weird of a tone to set early on. Yeah. I wrote, I wrote down, when that happened, I wrote down, I wrote down, wow, the transphobia. And then, like, five minutes later, I wrote down, this is the most boomer movie ever written. <laughs> Truth. No, it really is, honestly. It's written by your dad who used to drink too much vodka and then say racist things, honestly. Is, is... Yeah, but but who but who believes that, like, the rebellious spirit of rock and roll is something that is worth preserving and is precious and needs to be celebrated? Oh, my God. Do you know who one of the people who wrote on the screenplay is? Justin Thoreau. What? Yeah. What? Justin Thoreau. Justin Thoreau is... is tabloid wise famously jennifer aniston's spouse jennifer aniston's spouse for a couple of years but he wrote on tropic thunder 
Iron Man 2. No um, he's an actor as well. Really? Um, yeah, yeah, the Leftovers guy, right? Oh, Tropic Thunder? Yes. Damn, I like he that. also was in Mulholland Drive. He was in Romeo and Michelle's High School Reunion. Oh, okay. This makes sense, because in Tropic Thunder had the had the Tom Cruise role also where he kind of goes crazy. And and you know yeah, what's so funny? Wes, um, so funny. I was watching this, and I thought to myself, this is Tropic Thunder's fault. Because he, someone yeah. was like, you're funny. And he was like, yeah, I'm funny. And they're like, let's write a funny Tom Cruise thing. But what he thinks is funny is to play something so serious because what he's doing is, quote, absurd. But because he plays it so yeah. serious, yeah, he does do it doesn't well, work. Really There's no is... That needs to be the campiest, hammiest. Like, it needs to be a character who doesn't, act, you know, doesn't actually believe. It's like an Alice Cooper who doesn't actually believe in the show and pageant. Like, when he woke up with a with a goat demon head codpiece on his dick, I'm like, oh, this is supposed to be campy as fuck, where someone who's like, oh, I'm clearly so ostentatious that I'm showing this off, not someone who's like, oh, you can believe that I actually am wearing this because I worship... It's like it, it's like he was trying to channel Johnny Depp. I mean, I, 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 I agree. I, I think it worked a little more for me than it did for you just because... I think if he tried harder, it would be it would it would like fall off a cliff even worse. And so I think I appreciated the restraint, honestly. Well, yes, but it's because Tom Cruise shouldn't have played this part. The, yeah, 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 yeah. No, I mean, I, I'm, I don't disagree. I don't disagree. But I can't. Yeah. Just by me like seeing it and having great, like I can't picture somebody else playing that part. Like, who do you think, honestly, would have given the script that he was given? You know what I'm saying? Who would have been better to like? Well, okay. Do you did you guys watch the um, Wet Hot American Summer first day of camp? Yeah, like Netflix I, show. Yes, I've seen that. So in the in that show, um, Chris Evans, Chris Pine, one of the Chris's, mm. plays this like plays this like musician who writes the and he ends up writing the 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 like song that is the theme song to the movie. And he plays he plays a very similar it's a very similar kind of story where it's like this like Rolling Stone reporter gets sent to the camp to profile him and he he kind of plays the exact same character where he's kind of like kind of drugged out and kind of out of it right. um, and then has like a redeeming moment at the end and that worked for me as like he he nailed it and I think if you just taken that like I think it can be done is what else I'm saying yeah I think this I think this could be done and well here's the thing is. It was done. Like, it was a successful production that toured around here. Now, it was not a successful film. It um, lost more, yeah. uh, you know, it was, I think, a $75 million budget, and it made $60 million. Um, but, it, it, you know, it's something where the Broadway production of it worked. And, and yeah, I think just the film adaptation... And it's funny it, that it you reference Glee is because there is a... I watch Glee a lot as a kid. I know, shocker. Um where it's Leah Michelle's bedroom and she has this board of like all of her favorite, you know, Broadway musicals and like Rock of Ages is like dead center in that. And so it's, it's funny that you reference that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so then the next musical number is with, um, uh, I always want to call him Diego, that's the actor's name, with Drew and he's in the record store and he's sort of picking out stuff and he runs into Sherry and they're talking basically about how they both love music and how yeah. much they love music and their yeah. connection on that. Yeah. And he just talks about how rock has the power to change things. And he does that by singing the foreigner song Jukebox Hero in earnest. And that then this is, is crossed with I love rock, rock and, and roll. roll. Yeah. Well, um, she is sh uh, singing um, opposite of his, uh, I can't remember the musical term on one person singing one 
Uh, like counterpoint, you know, as a round or they both. Ah, uh, yeah, I mean, they were and it was interlo- interloped in between the two of them yeah. or interlooped. Yeah, um, it was. It's it's that musical thing where two people are singing different songs at the yeah, same time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. Like a duet, but not the same song. Uh, yeah, I don't know. There's, what, there's, there's a term, term for it, but I can't. It, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like an operatic term, but I can't think of what it is. My music. A dual aria, daria. Um, what did you think of this number, Alice? in the record store bad i i i i'm pretty skeptical of this again this is where i I feel feel like this is a very boomer idea this like rock and roll is transcends and has power and shit that's so like i like i listen to a lot of rock music i literally flew across the country last weekend to go to a like a a festival to see a bunch of punk bands so i i like that kind of music what? Uh, just decide. What did What did you see? Because I love punk music. Like I'm. Um, I went to see. It was. It was the. It was called the Adjacent Festival. It was in Atlantic City. Oh, um, nice. it was a, a bunch of bands. Uh, the band I would recommend is is called Mannequin Pussy. Oh, Look nice. Them up. They're really good. Um, but but okay, but yeah. So like, I like rock music, and I don't believe in this shit. And I think like I love rock and roll is like very emblematic of the sort of like cynicism i feel is like that song just makes me want to die inside and i love joan <laughs> jett yeah i don't think anybody that loves rock music has literally listened to that song since they were like 12 years old or something like that you know what i'm saying like mm-hmm. anyway so yeah but then also to have fucking alec baldwin and russell brand singing it was yeah. like again i love jukebox hero so they hear this weenie kid singing it i was just like dude and here's the thing is Again, with none of the rawness that they have in the foreign song, it's like, I'm a jukebox hero, got stars in his eyes. And it's like, boo, boo, go back to Broadway, literally. Because with rock music, when you're singing it, there needs to be like, um, like when you're singing the blues, bro, you know, people need to know that you have gone through the things to bring the emotion out in the song. Like, dude. You can tell if somebody's singing rock music that needs to have some emotional tone to it. If you're just so deadpan about it, people are gonna be like, "Yeah, dude, fuck you, I don't buy it." But yeah, it's 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 putting an insincere emotion behind the song. Yeah, mm. but that's okay because we have our introduction of our next song with one of our new characters, Catherine Zeta Jones, paired with Brian Cranston. As the new mayor of L.A. and his wife, who's definitely not Tipper Gore. Absolutely isn't that. And he sang the Pat Benatar classic, Hit Me With Your Best Best Shot, shot. to let her opponents know who think that her crusade against rock and roll isn't going to work. So she sings a rock and roll Roll song song. (laughs) in order to let the people know that rock and roll won't work. In a in a in a church with a bunch of church ladies as her backup singers and dancers. She won an Oscar for a film we've watched, Chicago. We had, we've done a not a hate watch on it. We have she was she was great in that little thing that she won her Oscar for, and she was great in that. And then there's this. Like, okay, so I I I didn't love this like this plot like and again this was this was definitely I was like I was really feeling like the musical poking out of all the seams of this thing because it was like especially the thing with um. Brian Cranston, who's like every is is like egregiously flirting or, or sleeping with his his assistant oh or something, God. like so in front of your face, like 
Yeah, it, like like I, that was like, oh, that's in the background in the in the in, that's staged behind them, and it's it's a joke for the audience, and and like I get that, but again, just didn't work for me. Uh, yeah, no, I mean it just feels like really creepy. Yeah. If you do it nuancedly, like and do it tastefully, like yeah, you can make a creepy angle like that work, but when it's just so blatant and so poorly written, I just I found it funny because it was Brian Cranston. And so oh, that goober just made me laugh with whatever he did. And maybe it's just because it was like the only relief I found within this film were like their interactions together. I just spent the entire time watching it thinking, when is he going to shave his head and start cooking meth? <laughs> that's what uh, he, uh, he... He is the up, one who rocks. He ends up getting um, cancer from how hard everyone rocked. And it was right. Uh, and... I, well, hold on, hold on, Missy. Missy I got to groan a little more of that joke. Okay, go for it. <laughs> well, that's... So, if that wasn't enough of a... You know, beforehand, if Jukebox Hero and I Love Rock and Roll wasn't enough of a mute cute for you, we have to isolate these two again so they can sing another foreigner song, Waiting for a Girl, but also, parentheses, boy, like you. This is the this is the one they sang at the Hollywood sign. Yes, because there's oh, absolutely no scene. security out at the Hollywood sign. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I just want to say, whatever you want, have a picnic. It, if you come to Los Angeles, do not go to the Hollywood sign. One, it's not worth it. It's not worth Two, it. Two, you got to traipse through a bunch of backyards and shit, and, and you, your car's gonna get towed. It is fucked up the parking in Beachwood Canyon forever. Don't go to the Hollywood sign. But that was the scene that made me believe in true love again when I was growing up and watching the movie. I look, oh, they're going to have this cute together look, moment at I'm this not, really, you know, like... I'm not here to bash all the life out of your youthfulness, <laughs> but also this scene so Maybe the movie is not... I mean, well, I mean, and... But... I mean, Missy isn't, but I, I I have not met you. I've not met this man. I, I will I will bash. That was bad. It was bad. Yeah, it was bad. It was bad. Was it now? Was it any better when the two of them sang "More Than Words" slash "Heaven" by Extreme slash Warrant? A no. A no. So all of the things that you guys are hating about this, I personally loved watching it, and I still do in that nostalgia view of it because i have not watched the movie in a couple yeah yeah that's 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 great i'm very happy for all of these scenes i okay but okay so aaron this is something you're not going to be aware of sure in this podcast we have asked a series of successive questions that have built over time when it comes to certain leading men figures and ask us asking why so the first question we've asked is why Bopa, which is Robert Pat- Pattinson. Why Why Bobby Pats? Why, why Robert Bobby Pattinson? Pat- why is he a thing? That's why I did Twagus to try and figure that out. I kind of had some answers, but not. We also had to figure out why Richard Gere. Why Rigi? So I watched yeah. um, Pretty Woman and Chicago. We watched Chicago yeah. and Pretty Woman. Oh, yeah. Because we watched Chicago, and then I said, we have to watch yeah. Pretty Woman next. And and thankfully, Missy was into it. I, I Yeah. <gasps> Why Toe Crew? Why Tom? I've seen Cocktail and or Jerry Maguire. That's fucking. I weird. have not seen Jerry Maguire. So, Spoiler. We are watching Jerry Maguire next week. That's that my course correct. Like, dude, you gotta watch. That is part of the, you got, the, the Tom Triangle. I really do. Oh, um, was he in Boogie Nights? No, he wasn't in Boogie Nights. No, no that was Mark Wahlberg. No, yeah. no. Okay. 
Um, and so here we get introduced, like, really in full with his character. <sighs> his character named... Uh, Stacy Jacks. Stacy Jax, but it's Stacy at Stacy Part of the band Arsenal, also the name of a football team in Britain. Does that not sound like an eighties like put it on a football like you No it does like that? I mean I think it's a it's it's a little too militant. Like I feel like I feel like most of those bands were just like like foreigner or journey. They're like nouns, but they're not like like that's a little too army for me, I think. Yeah, I mean, I guess he had warrant though, which like that's you know, well, a, if you're thinking if you're thinking ACAP, really. that's not good. Yeah. And uh, it's at this point where we, him and Sherry had the first interchange, and she asks him what his life is really like, and he's like, "Do you want to know what my life is really like?" And it's like, well, what song exists out there in the oeuvre that would summarize what life on the road is like oh yes bon jovi's wanted dead or alive that's a good fucking choice that's a solid fucking choice wait this is this is this is when he's talking to the reporter right Um, yeah no it's when he's getting well does that come he's getting he's getting interviewed by the malinactor love is is tom cruise and the reporter this is him okay uh the, the at least the I am right. I'm reading the performed right. by, and so it may have been okay. the reporter there as well. I'm just simply going no, through no, the that bleeds. It's of, uh, songs that bleeds into before. each other because like that's when him and he's like, yeah. uh, and then you know all I do is think, and then he points to the paper and goes Dalai Lama, and then just walks away. Like, I hated that moment so much. I, I hated that. that moment oh, so much. So I think I, I think um, this is where I started disassociating when I was watching this movie. Oh, you is, lasted this long without honestly. What happened? I'm really glad for you. Um, I'm going to be honest, yeah. there was moments I started skipping songs, I just couldn't handle it. I'm like, I don't love this song enough, like in real life, to listen and go by. I mean, we're not even at the point where Mary J. Blige randomly joins this film. Dude, Loki, um, okay. oh, yeah. right? Like... Now... Yes, yes. Um, we'll breeze... Uh, well, can, I, can, can, I, can we have a minute on, on, on Malin Ackerman? No, yeah, we're, no, we're not... I like a lot, it's, yeah. but she has in a, been in a lot of bad movies. When I saw her pop up, I was just like, wow, girl, really? You can't catch another break. Like, oh, uh-huh. and they put they put you in that perm? Like, oh, my uh-huh. God. Like, like, what are they doing to you? And then they, t- like, then they make you sing a song in your, like, lingerie. And it's with, like, an... A really gross, tattooed, ugly Tom Cruise. Like he's hit, he's hideous in this. He looks so terrible. Like mm-hmm. this is no, this is. If we were trying to answer the question why um, Tom Cruise, we are no further. Like we are further away from answering I, than we ever have been. I before. again, this is not my pick. I want to just want to say this is not my pick. No, I know. It's, 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 I know. I'm I know. trying to give it someone to the virtue of Tom Cruise. This is my. This will be our case example for when he jumped the shark, as it were, when he jumped the lingerie, um, and it will be our guiding point for when we go back and see that. And I've seen some early Tom Cruise, like I've seen Rain Man, um, I've seen um, Mission Impossible. The first Mission Impossible. Is yeah, I've seen the first Mission Impossible, and then I've seen. Um, War of the Worlds. That may be the next latest one I've seen. seen. I have no interest in seeing War of the Worlds. Yeah, I mean, it's just like, 
you know. It's weird. It's weird. He's a creepy Scientologist, and I just don't like him. Yeah. So it's just weird seeing him. Just, just wait till, just, just wait, just wait, just wait one week, and we're gonna, we're, we're gonna see, we're gonna see where you land. The quick question: uh, the, the term "jumping the shark" does that have to do with the Happy Days episode where Fonzie learned yes. to jump the shark? That is exactly yeah. origin. That's my the favorite. origin of Dude, that. Dude, that's my that. favorite episode. Dude, Henry. Win okay, no, sorry. Let's. We can't go on. Yeah, we right, can't go right, on a Henry right, Winkler right, thing. Right, we can't, okay. Barry. I can't go on it. Um, so we get to I Wanna Rock, where Drew is. Oh, oh right right so oh, the, the so this huge show that is like legendary right they're coming back to this tiny club this huge band's coming to the tiny club the opener drops out mm -hmm. and then they can't find another opener in los angeles yeah oh, show. i didn't think about that fuck that's a huge club so so instead it's just like oh well let's just get the first person who comes along Oh, hello there. What's going on? Hey, you. Do you know how to play guitar and sing songs that are within the genre? Why, yes, I do happen to do those In LA in the things. 80s? Like... I mean, I've heard yeah. wilder origin stories, but yeah. yeah. So they pull him yeah. up, and then he he's going on, but he, from the distance, thinks that... I'm not, I don't think I'm jumping ahead. He thinks that Sherry and... Stacy Stacy hooked up have hooked up because yeah. Yeah. she was like adjusting her bra because they got like all tangled up and he just was like putting his pants together from being around um you know because he's always has his pants out. A reporter yeah. yeah and so he's on stage and he basically has a panic attack and then he just goes I wanna rock and then everyone's like what what and he's like I want to rock and then his band instantly Ooh. knows to play the the twisted sister song "I Wanna Rock," you know, chord for chord, beat for beat, with backup and everything. Yeah, that was it's 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 the it's the you know, follow me for the changes style of yes. of songwriting. But uh, but the uh, '80s weenie version done of it. I again, yeah. where it began to keep losing me. It wasn't pulling me any closer into getting it. Um. Aaron, what did you think of this moment in the love story between the two of them where we had the realization? And how in the musical does, does this play when it becomes clear that he thinks these things are happening? I honestly don't remember how it goes in the show because I only sh saw the show like once uh, versus the movie. I kept like on repeat, kept watching it again because I was stoned in my basement and I was just looking for just like fun entertainment. And take this movie too seriously. Like, this movie, This movie was Stockholm Syndrome for you. Quite honestly, quite possibly. Like, uh, but uh, in the movie, how I felt exactly at this point was, uh, yeah, the Tom Cruise is is a bad guy. Oh, he's like, uh, uh, well, we should cancel that guy. Oh, now dude's like feeling bad because he lost his girl, you know? So I was just feeling for dude. I'm like, oh, that sucks. But I'm like, no, that's not actually what happened. Come on, man, just go up and talk to her. And, you know, maybe through communication, you can yeah, like, exactly. you know, figure stuff out. You know? Oh, if you maybe said one or two things, you'd figure this out. But no, right. yeah, make us something. Yeah, yeah, if you had one conversation, the, 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 the trope for every romance movie. But no, then we move into Tom Cruise getting his big rock moment coming out finally onto the stage. They can vamp no longer, and he needs them to pour some sugar on him time out can i just i want i need to say one thing the joke about the monkey's name is fucking hilarious that's i didn't get that at all is there a monkey in the like why is there a monkey here because it's hilarious the monkey what was the monkey's name 
I don't hey remember. You. Hey You. Yeah. The monkey's no, no, no. name That's is the monkey's hey name you. is Hey You. You think they just thought, like, hey, a lot of, like, 80s buddies, cops, like, you know, shows have, like, a monkey, like, you I know, don't know like... that. It's just like, okay, it worked for Clint Eastwood. Do we just put a monkey randomly <laughs> in here as a reference? Oh, well, was, was, wasn't that a Michael Jackson reference? I mean, maybe. I don't know. I just because bubbles. I thought that was a Michael Jackson thing. Yeah, I guess that would make the most sense if we're using like process of elimination. Like, well, who else had a monkey from that time frame? Yeah, or maybe just like it's supposed to be a crazy, crazy '80s rock movie. Well, we can't have men, so like, let's just have a monkey. But now we get to um, our unexpected guest, which is Mary J. Blige. Who... Right. So, so the the main couple break up. Like they they break up immediately. Yes, immediately. And then and then yeah. And then and then the sh the the girl quits the bar and also starts to become a stripper. Like, of course, like and, the and, most. Well, and then and then and then magical black friend comes in, <laughs> enters stage right, yeah. token literally from nowhere. Friend, and I'm like, like, and I had a moment where I'm like, okay. They didn't introduce her somewhere, and I'm an idiot and missed it, right? No, literally, no, not at she all. She comes from nowhere. And while they're singing Harden My Heart, and yeah. Mary J. Blige comes in to sing and accompany her along the way, just to be her guiding woman. But she did kill it. I mean, Mary J. Blige, Mary J. Blige's vocals in this movie, I mean, it's it. I mean, she fucking her gets vocals it, killed like... it. Her acting is terrible. I mean, yeah, but the material is also not good. Yeah, think yeah, of the script I mean, that they were that is given. Fair. I mean, like... Just I mean, okay, here's, here's the thing. I didn't understand this. Maybe you can explain this to me. Um, she 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 brings the girl to the club. To the club. She brings Sherry to the club, and then she gets a job as a waitress, and then eventually she gets to start stripping. Does Mary J. Blige own work, the club, or is she just work her way up from the bottom? just can't get up on that stage. You gotta, you gotta work for that, you know, basically, was, I think. Like, but does she own the club? Is, is she, like, a pimp? Or is it... Did she just work there? I couldn't tell. Mary J. Blige owns... She is the owner of the... Of okay, okay. I assume yeah. so she is the, the owner, but I actually know anything about it. I don't remember it ever explicitly being... So there, were, there was something at the end there was something I think at the end of her, her her appearance that made me think that she was just another stripper, but yeah. No, I, I believe she was the owner and the yeah the okay. main yeah as you say. So so that's like that's so that's like even worse because like you're taking this kind of trope of like a girl getting taken in by like someone who's promising them like safety and security and then sort of like um forces them into sex work and then I you're putting it on the, basically that. only black character in your in your in your movie. Oh, that's yeah, that's not a good look. I didn't think about that part of it, but. But she got sing. Yeah, she she had to cut her teeth in the in the hard streets of L.A. in the eighties. You know? Well, and we okay, okay, we got to we got to turn the page. We got to talk about Paul Giamatti. We got to talk about Paul Giamatti. Right, dude. Yes. So we we have another. So basically, bleeds into a song, "Shadows of the Night" and "Heart of My Heart" melody, which is Mary J. Blige uh, again with them. And then we have the scene with yeah the manager of Tom Cruise, Paul Giamatti. What was your thoughts on Paul Giamatti in this? He looked like he was having fun, and I'm happy for him. I, d I could have done without the fat suit and the very obviously bad bald head. Like, it, that was like that was approaching camp in a way that maybe in a better movie I would have appreciated, but... Yeah, you're not um, Gary Oldman. You or, like you already look enough like this character, Paul Giamatti, as yourself. Yeah, literally, you why do you have... Just put him in a bigger suit, and he he's he's the same guy, yeah. Um, I, again, it's like he, him, like going at it 110% and being his like most Paul Giamatti, like he turned the slider for Paul Giamatti all the way up. And like that did, that did work for me, 
But it it just felt tonally weird next to Tom Cruise and all the other stuff that was going on. I need to point out something that we have in connection here. Tropic Thunder features Tom Cruise as a manager in a fat suit. And this features yeah. Paul Giamatti as a manager in a fat suit. Does one, who, which writer has a beef with managers that they're just making them like, oh, they're all like terrible and also fat because fat people are terrible, I guess. Yeah. Um, but the, the, that's a, the subplot of Paul Giamatti kind of recruiting the kid, the, the guy, and turning him into a boy band. That was very similar to Josie and the Pussycats, which we watched. Oh, that's a good one. Yes. Um, it was interesting in it. Um, I, that for me is when the film I was like, so I also, spoiler alert, watched the extended edition, which Alice has 13 more minutes than the edition that you Why? Bought. Why would you do that? Because it, Why would you spend 13 minutes of your one life doing that? Because it was the one that was available to me most readily, and I was like, "Yeah, sure, why not? I'm already torturing myself. What's 13 more minutes of good Th- shit?" That was worth the know- four dollars I paid to rent this movie to not watch those 13 minutes. I paid four dollars to not know- watch 13 more minutes of. Do you want to know what I got for the 13 more minutes of it? What I got to see Jillian Hugh give Tom Cruise a lap dance. Oh God, to rock I, you like a hurricane. I don't even want to see that. Like, I love this movie, but I don't want to see that. That sounds... They basically get as close to fucking nause- as possible. Nauseating. And then she says, we don't want this, do we? And he's like, no. And then they don't fuck. And then that's like his redeeming moment. His 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 turn from being the antagonist to a to a good person is that he didn't fuck her. Oh, this happens in the act. No, okay, yeah. No, that happens in the actual like regular cut. Then maybe it's just the song part that is uh, extended in it, but it's okay. yeah. I don't think I don't think Hurricane was in the. I don't remember that, but I could be, again. But I disassociated through a lot of the movie. The song part where we get to hear Paul Giamatti start to sing is when the entire group has a performance of "Here I Go Again." by Whitesnake, to all talk about how they're stuck in a circular cycle in their lives. Right. That's that's like the, I think that's like the the act two start, right? It feels like it. Yes. Because like act one, act one is like, they're all in the lowest point. She's working in the club. And then act two is like reestablishing after the intermission, reestablishing all the characters with that song. Yeah. That's what it feels like to me. And I do want to say one thing about Paul Giamatti's character. Uh, like you said, he's. it seems like he's having fun, and it seems like that 80s manager, like, w- the way that he smacks his gum and just is holding the big phone, like, he seems like he's on cocaine just, like, a lot of the time, as probably managers of famous rock groups in the 80s were, because he's... Again, that's just Paul Giamatti as an actor, but I think that kind of, like, aspect works, like, well in the timing. Time- yeah, no, if you want a, if you want an unhinged man... You want Paul Giamatti, like like he's he's the he's the guy. Yep. I'm yep. gonna give you a performance that you're gonna be able to really enjoy. That I'm gonna go fucking unhit. <laughs> also, getting into what is well, we'll get to this about when dude leaves the rock group to be a boy band guy. You know yes. what I'm saying? Like, well, this is happening around here. You're right. And for me, this oh god, that it, oh. bit off more than it can chew. Cause I'm like, it's a hat on a hat. I'm like, we don't need this element, like this ice. ice. Yes. Baby stop this ice ice baby mixed with a way too early like 
Backstreet Boy. But that's like what I'm saying. Yeah. Dude, no, literally, that's exactly what I was about to say. Boy bands weren't around no. in the early right. My dear, 80s, my dear, like... my dear, you do not know about New Kids on the Block. You are way too young, but you huh. are missing. Yeah. Because I was like, I remember like fucking, um, they know, the one that Justin Timberlake was in. Like, you know, again, I was born in fucking 90s. Insane. Yeah. So, like, Insane. the one that Justin Timberlake was in? God, I'm fucking he was old. Born, he was Christ. born in 97. Okay, I, 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 my rule is I don't want to get too close to anyone who doesn't have a have a vivid memory of nine eleven. So, I mean, I have a memory of it. I just it was I was in kindergarten, and you know, yeah, yeah, a, um, like, cool. Yeah, so in the, up. in in the eighties, there were boy bands, especially especially black boy bands. Um, New Edition was the biggest one, yeah. and then yeah. and then that that turned into New Kids on the Block, which was like five white boys, and then that. Then New Kids on the Block um, eventually graduated into Backstreet Boys and NSYNC. Mm-hmm. Yep, Backstreet Boys and NSYNC. That's where that's where I kind of come into mm-hmm. the the conversation on that one. So yeah, yeah. But it just it the stylization of them being like ice, I like vanilla, ice vanilla ice, yeah, styling as a boy band group. You're right. I I did not think of Josie and the Pussycats. Your main it's absolutely is what the exact same one for one on it. Um, but for me, it's just like okay, this is a hat on a hat. Like, yeah. I just thought the joke was just going to be he's a part of it. But then the setup is they're going to perform a song and then he has to quit for it. I'm like, oh, that's ahead of it. Because. Next- yeah. But, but like, and like the whole thing of like, like the name has like three Z's or whatever. Like that, that felt so forced and they kept yeah. doing it over and over again. That joke just, oh, uh, well. We have to, Missy, we have to watch that thing you do. That thing you do does this so much better in so many ways. I'm open to it. Well, but you know what we, what we can't do? We can't fight this feeling anymore. We have to oh. talk about... I would really like to talk about a lot, actually, about this scene specifically. Um, I skipped it. I watched it. Uh, who, man, honestly... We can see who the, who the true ally is. Happy Pride Month, everyone. It's really easy for me to take pot shots at it. The thing I the thing I have to remind myself always is the thing you think is bad representation is often someone else's first representation. Yeah, and true. and that and that and that's a hard pill to swallow sometimes because there's some bad shit out there. But um, kid, kid, you you would know. Do they actually kiss? Yes. Okay, I, I again, yeah, I was disassociating, um, and part of me thought they didn't even kiss. But maybe it's in the extended version, which I also watched. Um, I don't know if they do it in the classic theatrical you know brought to screen version of it because might not be too you know oh we've Uh, got kids coming to see this movie and families maybe that's too much for them to you know and so that might hurt i literally think if it had been any other two actors i probably would have felt anything more from this but the fact that specifically those two actors i then can remove and say okay if i'm in a broadway theater watching this and these two characters i'm invested in i probably would go oh and think it was a lot more cuter than that yeah. because of this specific but it, scenario. But I think like 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 we said earlier, if they had kind of lampshaded it more or given more indications, like I I I definitely like I was like, oh, is is this gonna be a like gay panic thing earlier in the movie when they have like a moment where they look at each other and then and then they actually got together and part of me was part of me was a little relieved because it's like, oh well at least there's not another just like homophobic joke. Yeah. But mm-hmm. Even if even if it doesn't work for me, that's better than it being a homophobic joke. Well, and also the song "Ario Speedwagon" is also just one of my favorite classic rock songs of all time. That's a great song. Like, yeah, I, I love mean, Ario Speedwagon. Yeah, and Russell Brand actually has a really cool punk band, um, Infant Sorrow, which I actually fucking personally dig. So, like, yeah. Any way you want it. 
another group song here with Mary J. Blige and Julianne Hugh and others. So again, if we are positing that uh, Don't Stop Believing was written within the world of this movie, we're also going to assume that this is just conversation that's happening uh, with each other and happen to be the lyrics of Any Way You Want It by Journey. I don't think we can... It doesn't hold up to scrutiny. We should not try to apply logic to this. Okay, no. <laughs> yeah, don't do that. Yeah. Because again, I feel like like people must have pointed like some of it is supposed to be just like specifically like a classic rock music video. You know what I'm saying? Like there's not supposed to be logic in it. When you watch like a lot of 1980s music videos, like aha, take me on. You know what I'm saying? You're not looking at that for logic. You're looking at it for like fun and just like entertainment. I actually think that video has a rich inner logic, but yes. Yes. Um, so we, so every rose has a thorn, our makeup song instead of our breakup song, you know, they kind of are distant. I mean, it's not quite the makeup song yet, but it is like the, yeah, they're, they're moving towards it. Yeah. Yes. It's the, oh, I both, we both miss what we had. We're not close in distance, but in heart we can, it's like we're right there next to each other. Yes. We know what. Oh, wait, 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 hold on, hold on. Before we get there. This is something else that confused me, which is they announced that Stacey Jacks is doing a show. The the Paul Giamatti's character announces that Stacey Jacks is doing a solo show without telling him. Yeah. Just because he wants to put the boy band up. And then Stacey Jacks hears about it and then just like walks across the street and does the show. He probably Am I wrong? Is that isn't that what is that what happened? Yes, but he because he just assumes that he was so drunk and like hungover and like fucked up that he's like, oh, I, I must have like, mm. had something be booked and I just didn't realize it. And he just was like, that's, that's the part I missed. Okay. That's the part I missed. Okay. That's what I inferred, but I don't think it's ever, that's, that's the thing. It's, I don't think it's ever explicitly said, but he says something where I think we're supposed to infer that when he says, oh, I have a show tonight that we're supposed to be, th- this has happened Because he is before. playing the trope of like, you know, because a lot of like fucking like members of Motley Crue and shit like that, like that, it, that would happen, you know? Yeah, like, they would just all be, fucked up yeah. and like, you know, did, yeah. they wake so, up, not know what city they're in. They're like, oh, I'm doing a gig. Okay. Basically. And so, yeah. <coughs> but anyway, so. What do you think of this? Do you think that every rose has its thorn is the poetic um, lyrical um, f- moment to when you th- when you yeah. think of you really well I mean back in the day like when I was like a teenager growing up watching this movie I mean like yeah dude if uh, a, a romantic relationship didn't work out for me yeah I'd drink a bottle and listen to some fucking every rose as its thorns and cry my eyes out like, I thought yeah, so like, too so I was like ah I get why they picked this but uh, I I've never I had not heard that song before. You'd never heard what? "Every Rose Has Its Thorn." That's shocking. No. Whoa. My pa- my parents were not cool. I didn't. I did not. All I got exposed to was literally what was on the radio or on MTV when I was. Oh, a kid. Well, my parents were cool, but this is what I got exposed to on the radio was listening to the stations that were in my town. So I listened to the classic rock station a lot. Hell yeah. Um. Now again, the scene that was in the extended cuts, you wouldn't know it. Rocky like a hurricane is kind of what I described earlier. It's her coming in, and they basically do like a sexy seduction scene that ends with them not having sex. And it's set to Rocky like a hurricane. Again, more singing that I did not enjoy. Uh, it was also more sexuality that I did not enjoy. But I'm sure popped a lot of boners for uh, people that were in theaters there. Yeah. Oh, oh. Continuing the theme from our last episode, how does one get a job just like like hanging out in laundry and lying on top of someone in, right. in a harem? Right. Ha, I, I want that. I want that job. Why can't I have that job? Yeah. You just gotta find Tom Cruise and he'll let you know. 
I, I honestly, I would do it. I would do it. I know. I, that's why I See, know you would. I have to sell fee picks, so. Aw, he's the he's the uh, the owner and founder of WikiFeet. Hey, that was a private conversation. <laughs> so then the another clear like Broadway musical cross singing moment where you as an audience member go, oh, they're doing two songs at once, and this is really neat. We built this city versus we're not gonna take it. I actually it. love this fucking scene, man. And it's Russell Brand organizing the the protesters Protest. versus yes. Catherine Zeta Jones's protesters. Yeah. Russell Brand and their crew singing, we built this city on rock and roll. Yeah, goddamn right we did. true. And then Catherine Zeta-Jones' mothers and all the other prudes singing, we're not gonna take it. Do you think they mean... We, we, built, this, we built this city is kind of in the same camp for me as, as I love rock and roll in terms of, like, cringe and, and not, not enjoying it. I, I like Starship otherwise, but but that song I can't do. I, I, I love that I love song. song yeah. I don't love it in this movie, but I do love that song. Let's Again, I love Russell Brand because I know him as a, like an actual legitimate rock star. Because I love fucking Infant Sorrow, so I totally buy him his character in this movie. Like again, difference between you guys yeah. and, and me. But plot wise, it is resolved when Stacy Jacks tongues uh, he kisses and well, one he he tongues. He's just a, he's just next to her, and she has a physical reaction. Yeah, and then she has a physical reaction. It's obvious that the roommate she was talking about early in the film was herself that had had, you know, relations with her. So it's like all conservative women, they have a one-night stand and then they freak out and then they basically like say, no one can ever have sex ever again. She's like, edit, edit that out. Ah, rah, rah, rah. Um, and uh, it ruins her case. And then they are like, well, okay, I guess we're going to now perform this new hit song that no one's ever heard before. Just a small town girl. Great ending to a great movie. I mean, honestly, you know, great shooting. I mean, you get the whole crowd out there, man. They look like an actual legitimate band, man. You know, the feels are hitting, dude. It's like, so awesome how earnest you are. This sucked. This absolutely, I really, but I don't, that song is so overplayed for me when they started going, yeah, it is. Oh, that's right. I have to do this song one more time. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I'm a white person. So when I be getting, like, I have a few beers in me and that song hits, I'm like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. I'm like, God damn it. Who the fuck? I'm that way with that way you want it. I will sing that one. Oh, that's a good one. I, I mean, I, I like all of these songs, but I agree. Um, I, I would definitely say um, the other song um, is super overplayed. Yeah. Um, I mean, it ends with, you know, a classic way, the concert, the getting together, they end up in love. And then Tom Cruise, and then the chick has, like, his baby, and then, like, she's, like, with a pregnant belly going, yeah, and he's like, woo, you know, just like, and that does that weird tongue thing, I don't get that, but whatever. I mean, I know it's like a play on the Gene Simmons tongue thing, but it was just, bro, I literally had to turn away when he actually stuck the tongue in her throat, and then, like, I was going to vomit at that point, I was so disgusted by it. Well, so a reporter from he, Rolling he, Stone, he gets a reporter from Rolling Stone pregnant and then ends up being right. Yeah, Mel Ackerman's character. Yeah. End, yeah. And she says Rolling Stone, I remember. Yeah. yeah, she's like, I'm yeah. from Rolling Stone. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we watched this. We certainly watched it. It's not the worst one we've watched because the morning show exists. It, this is this is this is worse than the morning show for me. But again, again, if I can speak my piece, imagine you're like what, fifteen, sixteen, you're like this is back when pot still like really affects you. You can still feel like really happy and really giggly and just like entertained by 
lights and cameras and music that you love and who cares if the acting's bad man you just it's there for you you know oh, yeah. what i'm saying so it was a movie that was there for me and i really really I, needed it you know i have my own films that are like this those films that are just like a spot xanadu xanadu for me is something mm. like this where i saw it at the right age where it spoke to me in ways where it is not an amazing film. It's not a great film. But there's enough queer things and queer identifying things that I had never seen before and was able to then glean from that it's had a lasting thing in me. And that was this for you. Now that I'm an older queer adult that has like a basis for it and I watch this, I'm just like, oh no, there's so many things that do this better than this. Missy, you have one of these, which is the apple. Yeah, I know, but I have the apple. That. I discovered that when I was older. It wasn't one that was like seminal when I was growing up. Yeah, no, he literally, okay, fair, literally, fair, fair, literally yeah. showed me that film like the other week, and I'm like, this is fucking awesome. And that's how this whole thing started. I'm like, this reminds yep. me of Rock of Ages. Like, and I get the I, I get why I reminded you of it. Yeah, I I I liked the apple more than this. I would watch the apple again more than this. This was for me the worst thing we've watched the hardest thing for me to watch but a lot of that is killing me inside a lot of that is alec baldwin russell brand oh just russell when russell brand when russell brand yeah i like russell brand i read a lot of his books he he broke Katy perry's heart he broke Katy perry's heart this i can will never forgive i love Katy perry yeah i'm yeah i'm so sad about Katy perry's emotion oh oh oh, i'm I'm putting the Katy perry documentary on the fucking list missy you gotta, you gotta watch it. Teenage no, Dream, I, I own on like colored vinyl. It's one of like my favorite. You, albums, you so. live in LA. You know who she stumped for mayor for. You should be madder than I am at her. He didn't win. It's fine. Oh my fucking god! I, she did. Uh, she didn't get to buy the convent. She didn't. Get, she didn't, she didn't pick forget. the mayor. Now I know who you forgive and forget. Interest. Yeah, you, you don't know because you have not watched Katy Perry. Part of me, the documentary that will make you cry. I have. You seen, are gonna cry so hard. I have seen parts of it. I, Does that count? I, I kind of feel the same no. way about Ariana Grande. Um, I'm a huge Mac Miller fan. Mac Miller has, like, his music has done a lot for me. So, like, you know, low-key, like, I feel like a lot of the reason he got into the drugs was, you know, after they broke up. And I, and I love Ariana, but I can't forgive her for what she did to my boy Mac, man. Broke his heart. All right, Alice. You have mentioned earlier what we're going to be watching. I am going to be shown the money. And watching Jerry Maguire. Good one. Good movie. Oh, Show me money. So can I Cocktail ask, is really good too, if you guys haven't seen what, Cocktail. What do both of you enjoy about this film? Everything? It Okay, so it's it's an earnest portrayal of a different kind of romance that I feel like you don't get to see in other types of romantic comedies. I think it's I think it's written differently and it's it's staged differently. Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting that the the romantic lead Renee Zellweger has a kid and that's part of it. Um, I like I like the um, I like the have to like basically throw everything out and start from the bottom narrative that the, the titular Jerry Maguire goes through. Um, Cuba Gooding Jr. is very fun. I know he's a problematic guy, but in this movie he is very fun um yeah it's it just like it it's cliche but when we when it gets to the end the, the 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 pivotal scene you know the one and like or you'll know the one it it just really hits you in a way that like i think i think it hits you in the way that good writing can i think cameron crow who wrote the movie also got very close to that with almost famous another movie about rock music that's better than I rock do like almost um famous. 
Um, um, and so it's it's similar to that. It's where it's like that's kind of sweet, sentimental, but romance piece. And I think it just does it really well. So are we talking about Jerry Maguire or Rock of Ages? Jerry Maguire. Okay. I have only seen, like, scenes from it, like, famous scenes, so I haven't seen the whole movie, like, start to finish. So, honestly, I can't give my, like, legitimate review on it. But, uh, I don't know. Seems like acting's good. Script's not too bad. Like, shooting's decent. You know what I'm saying? Like, the... the this is what gets uh, with me with, like, good directors. Why I really like good directors is what they choose to put in the frame and how they choose to stage it, if that makes sense. It just seems to make sense. And uh, just, I mean, it's a young Tom Cruise being Tom Cruise, so. It's Tom Cruise before he went off the deep end. This is, yeah, before he had the Oprah interview. Right. Yep. Yeah. I'm not uh, looking forward to it. I'm really not. I mean, I'm doing it, but I, this okay. these next two. I, I guess the one I'm looking forward to most is A Few Good Men, but that's also like, uh, I don't know what about it. I don't know at this point, so it'll be just more of seeing something play out. However, though, Cocktail I have watched beginning to end. What I love about that movie is I used to be a bartender and just like the story and you see the character development. And that's a young, young Tom Cruise. And that's how I learned what a red eye is, actually. What is a red eye? Uh, it's basically a uh, beer with an egg cracked in it. Look, oh, much like Gross. much like Pretty Woman, Fair. I think this movie is 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 fun. It has a lot of fun moments, and you're gonna buy like even if you don't like it, I think it's not gonna be as painful as you're making it out to be. Okay. Oh, Fugitive Men is is bleak but excellent it's so good oh, cool i love actually films like that it's kind of right up my alley <laughs> i can yeah a few, few good men is great hell yeah i'll put it on my list well aaron as much as alice and i have trotted over this film we do appreciate you coming on and bringing us this experience because what an experience it was it is truly something that we will have never experienced again uh, a low point for both of our personal journeys but a high point in conversation about a film that you found um very influential in your own life well it helped me out a lot man you know if it wasn't for this film you know like there was a lot of times where i was down and like it just gave me something to like feel happy about you know what i'm saying and it was really great yeah. meeting you by the way it was, it was super awesome thank oh, you yeah. guys for having me yeah and 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 please please don't take all of the the, the negative things i've said about you about this movie you like oh, yeah. to heart. And thank um, you it sounds like it was uh, some suffering for you guys so thank you for suffering through it on my account i really do appreciate that <laughs> I will. It has gotten to me on my Tom Cruise journey and has thankfully set the bar so that I can enjoy these next two by default. The bar's in the floor. The bar is in the floor. In this. Oh, bleh. Bleh. Honestly, I that did it for me. Like, yeah, that did it. I was, was enjoying it. I can see it. I can see it. Yeah. Well, as we always say at the end of Not a Hate Watch, Daddy's got to go to work. A callback to fucking episode. I think that should just be the sign-off now. <laughs> and would you know what? It will be as long as you can beat me to the punch on all these. Just okay. I do, okay. you know what? But I was telling people earlier, literally, I had people and I said, have you heard the news about Fast and Furious? Hmm? I was at a wedding today and I kept telling people, you heard the news? The Rock is back. And he's in his funderwear for his announcement on Twitter. Sounds like WWE in the late 1990s. The Rock's back. Oh, my roommate! My roommate was trying to make a okay. Spoiler alert: WWE is going to be an upcoming topic that we're going to be doing. What can because I do? Because my roommate, 
is oh, working on a he was he great. said he was gonna make a 10 episode list i'm like we cannot watch 10 full pay-per-view episodes i can't watch 10 film. I, I will watch 10 matches i will not watch 10 pay-per-view. he's like well how many do i want and i'm like uh less than that I'm like <laughs> i would say i would say like assuming they're not wrestlemania's i would say like Three or four pay-per-views, or up to ten individual matches is what. Yeah. I Okay. No, yeah, ten matches would be. I, I mean, we're gonna get the one where the Undertaker was thrown through the table, um, and, and... no, you you mean when Mankind was thrown off the Hell in a Cell? Yeah, 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 that one. Yeah, 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 yeah. She, you're fucking. Missy, I don't know if you know this. I was really into wrestling at the time. I know. Right? This I is mine, not a hate watch because I have no fucking interest in this at all. So this is gonna be. Let's fucking go! All right. Oh my god! Fuck my face! I love wrestling. I know. You are you are locked in here with me, Missy. Oh fuck my face! As we always say, fuck my face. Like, have me on as a guest. I would love. Daddy, daddy, take me home.